welcome to the Book Talkies podcast, a unique show where we take you into the wonderful world of books. On this platform, I, Anirudh, and I, Kaustub, will be conversing about the books we have read and come to love. Our purpose for this podcast is to make you fall in love with books. As we discuss our perspective on some bestsellers and hidden treasures, we hope to persuade our listeners to join us on this splendid journey of reading. And now, let's dig right in. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to our listeners of the Book Talkies and whenever you're listening to this episode. Ladies and gentlemen, today I guarantee you that you're going to be part of an epic joyride especially for the history lovers out there because we are going to talk about a very informative and highly engaging book um i must say graphic novel in this case and the name is the people of the indus which is written by nikhil gulati in collaboration with dr jonathan mark kenoyer today it's is a special occasion because i have two guests on our show we have none other than Nikhil Gulati himself, the author of The People of the Indus. And also joining us is Amir Hassan, who by profession is a, a customer experience analytics leader at Wells Fargo, a voracious reader, a very successful bookstagrammer. And he was the one, so I let me thank Amir first. He was the one to recommend this book for, for today's episode. On this note, let me welcome Nikhil and Amir to the Book Talkies podcast. Nikhil, Amir, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, Kostam. Thanks for having us, Kostam. My first question to you, Nikhil, uh, is we, we should know something about yourself. When we had off-the-record conversation, you, know, you sound to be very funny, very jovial, and that's what reflects in your books as well, in, in, in your graphic novel as well. So the first question is, can we know uh, more about you and how you got into creating graphic novels in the first place? Man, so much pressure huh? to be funny and jovial now. How I got into graphic novels, I'll keep it really short because it's a bit of a long-winded journey. I used to be a techie plus MBA, like standard, okay? My parents were really happy. Like, ah, okay, he's done. Uh, I even did a master's in computer science and everything before I did my MBA. At some point during, it was like in the middle of my MBA where I realized that, you know, this is not working for me. Like, I'm just hoping that I'll find one day a job that's going to fulfill me and satisfy me and that I will be working on with like my full heart and my full brain. And I was just hoping something will just fall into my lap. And then I was realizing during my MBA that it's not happening. Like, I, I have to take a little more proactive role in, you know, finding work that is meaningful to me and that requires literally like, you know, every cell of my being in order to you know make it uh, make it worthwhile and make it like a high quality thing so when i thought i need to be proactive about what i'm doing i decided i'll go to things that i've done in life where nobody was telling me hey do this or do that this is good for you this is this is what you should be doing or whatever you know so there were only a few things when i thought of it like that and there was one, there was drawing, there were stories, there was music, there was there was an interest in generally trying to understand the world 
uh, in history in science um but i very like human centric human perspective like what does it all mean type of thing so um at first the idea was um like i i enjoyed reading comics since i was a kid and i was also enjoying drawing and everything but at this point uh, during my mba i didn't i never thought that i'm going to be making graphic novels so i came to like this idea of comic books and graphic novels through a very different angle so my first idea because i was in a business school was to start a business with the business was going to be it's going to be a mobile library of comics so there's going to be a bus which is going to go around from place to place and you know it will go to like let's say seven spots in the city in a day uh and it will do a circuit in 7 days so it will be like 20 spots at least over around the city and you can rent graphic novels for a week for whatever and you return it so it was going to be like a business kind of a thing but also like a library so i started collecting graphic novels for this library for my first library and pretty soon i realized that there's only american japanese and some european graphic novels that are there which were which i thought were like yeah these are really good good quality things so i was like where is all the indian ones and there's a few but there's like really a handful there's not that many you know so then i was like okay maybe the problem is not you know having a library but actually creating indian graphic novels like who's telling the stories who's selling our stories in this format so i was like okay fine then i'll become a publisher uh i'll just bring writers i'll bring artists i'll put them together something they'll create some nice stories that i'll kind of tell them that okay i want something around this topic or that topic but then i realized well the writers going to write their own stories why are they going to tell my stories and then i was like yeah okay i'm actually interested in telling some stories in my own way so okay not publisher i will write the graphic novels and i'll have artists draw it theek hai so then i started writing and then when i finished a few scripts i started reaching out to artists and then i realized they are very expensive so at this point i found a mentor in life uh, who was like listen what do you ideally want to be doing if like everything was perfect what do you what would you be doing and i looked inside and i was like yeah the answer is pretty straightforward i would be writing my own comics and i would be illustrating my own comics it was pretty clear if if like i could think freely so this guy was like just forget about everything else you only start drawing and i was like i can't draw you know i even though at that by that time i had started like drawing seriously and practicing and everything but i never had the confidence that i can just draw a whole comic book he was like no you just do it and he kind of gave me that self belief and he was like okay if you finish a comic book i'll pay you some money to print x number of copies so i was like ha chalo okay if i have this free money sitting now i'll work so i was living in hyderabad so i wrote this short uh, 60 page comic book on the golconda fort so that was the thing that came out first and then from there i kind of just i mean i was absolutely in love with the medium already but when i started making it making comics and graphic novels i was like okay this is a really powerful medium i don't think even like uh you know 1% of the medium has been explored and especially in india like there is so much power it's a visual medium and it's not just oh text and visuals combined like as if it's like a powerpoint presentation or something there's actually a lot more to it there's there's some magic to comics when you put images or drawings in a sequence you know 
there's some kind of movement and space and time and rhythm that starts happening in comics which i don't find in any other medium and history was like one of my interests so i thought that that will be something new and eye catching and i wanted to do always history in a visual format so that's why i picked golconda and yeah got started down this line fascinating to know and this is where i was I was coming to why graphic novels are interesting right and as i was telling you you already have a visualization of the of the person slash the area um when you're telling the story you do not need to imagine it so you're actually focusing on the messaging of that content of the material and that really has helped me you know in grasping or in reading any graphic novel so i i also completely agree with you it's a very powerful medium and it's getting it's catching up so i'm i'm hoping to mm. uh, get more and more uh, interesting topics covered in this area this brings me to a uh, question to you amir you are a proper technology professional you know you know uh, a customer research and analytics professional since i don't know 15 plus years in in the field how has been your journey in so just just tell us about your journey in falling in love with reading like how did you fall in love with so i think as far as i remember uh, i've always had a book in my hand right whether it was in britain's noddy or whether it was uh, you know winwood reads martyrdom of man right it doesn't matter i've always had a book in my hand and and um, uh, as a kid a lot of us i grew up grew up around books i think that's a big influence right it it matters it matters uh, to to a lot of people not everybody but but where you grow up and and luckily i had books around me in within my closer family and outside both my parents were readers and and that helped and so on uh one one thing you know while while i was growing up in school when people pick up comic books um you know uh, a lot of my friends were reading chacha choudhrys and 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 uh, nagraj and all that which is fantastic work right uh, a good body of work from india uh, knowing very well that these people didn't get a lot of money at that time they didn't get a lot of exposure and yet we produced that i wasn't into uh, the only only comic book that i read as a kid was either tintin or asterix and but but that was fun as i grew up my reading became you know i was more into steinbeck mom uh you know graham green the russian the dostoevsky stolz all of that was happening it was much later in life that i got introduced to two genres which are usually very early for readers science fiction and science fiction slash fantasy i put that together um, and and there is a distinction between the two and graphic novels and the 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 irony of all of this is that while everybody used you know graphic novels as an escape superheroes and all of that stuff graphic novels for me was i started got introduced to graphic novels by through joe sacco uh, and there's just one author of course but brought me to reality my other reading was was more escapist right um, mm. and then then i got into the whole thing and and i know what you saying costum about you know how graphic novels helps you imagine i i for me i love a book because i use my imagination but what graphic novels tell me mm. It's not just. I mean, I love the format of having a non-fiction documentary through graphic novels because it's not. It's restricting me in thinking, you know, in in a good way about a specific event, an activity, right? And that's that's where I'm just going to come back to Nichols' book. I love the fact that somebody could talk about history. Well, it's important to read history in its dreary ways. It's it is important. You can't escape it. But but to come to 
come to describing what indus valley civilization looks like what a city looked like what a township was how it was planned we've all seen we've all read you know in 7th age standard the 90 degree turn the sloping bathrooms of mm. indus valley all that right but to see it i think it brought everything to life right yeah for me the you know the beauty of this format it just brings to life what should be apparent to you mm. I mean that was my whole thing in creating it because I was I am myself a reader and I'm myself a history enthusiast and when I'm reading history I'm like okay just show it to me yes. you know if you're telling about like okay yeah in you whatever 1000 BC Takshila was like this and that and everything okay like can you show it to me okay if you can't recreate and show it to me can you show me at least the ruins that that are there today you know you're talking about all these sculptures and this and that's like if i'm reading about amravati and you know these sculptures from amravati like just show me the sculptures like uh, you know it's like that feeling like i want to see it so i was like yeah i'm going to i'll just create it and and that was the thing like you're talking about seals like, i want to see the seals you're talking about deciphering the writing let's pick one inscription and try to decipher it you know you're talking about uh, standing on a rooftop in mohenjodaro okay let me try to imagine what that might have looked like and of course these drains and everything like that because once you see it like it's not just that oh yeah the drains were like this or like that that they had these turns and I mean, you see it and then you realize so much more like the way they were actually underground drains so okay. you know uh, how are you going to build whatever uh, with bricks and everything how you're going to build an underground drain so when you show the thing in a, in a drawing i don't know people pick up different things it's very interesting you know um so that way it's yeah, it's a powerful it's a powerful way to tell tell a story yeah. i got to ask you this nikhil i mean we we know so we, we all have studied harappa and mohenjodaro at least i remember in my 7th grade you know it was a mandatory yeah. chapter or mandatory sections why did you so for a graphic novel as topic why did you choose this topic what i mean what was you, you when did you decide how did you decide i want to create this on indus uh, on indus valley civilization anything about that please yeah um a few things happened together one was that i was i was living in ahmedabad at the time when i went to lothal and like was my first introduction to this thing and uh, the When, like I became curious after visiting the site, and I was immediately comparing it to like Egypt and stuff because it's the same time period when they're building pyramids in Egypt and stuff. So I was constantly comparing. Why are these guys not building pyramids? Where are all the impressive big artworks and stuff? You know that will dazzle me, which I can take a photo in front of or something like that. But it wasn't there, so it got me curious. Like, what's up with these people? Were they not like capable? Was it like a simplistic kind of society or whatever? or they didn't have the skills or whatever but then when i started scratching the surface i found it's like one of the most fascinating uh time periods and people and the reason they are not building pyramids is because they they're doing things very differently you know they are using their creative genius in a very different manner and and i was like why don't we have books on this why is nobody telling me this so i came to it as a reader and as a as just a history enthusiast and then at that time i had i had started making comics only recently so i was looking for topics for sure but also uh, there was this need that let's fill this gap why is there nothing on this why do we have like a million books on egypt and mesopotamia and ancient china 
बट लिटरली नथिंग फॉर द पॉपुलर ऑडियंस इन दिस फॉर्मेट ऑन द इंडस वैली सो पार्ट ऑफ इट देन बिकेम लाइक फ्रॉम द ऑपोजिट एंगल वेर आई वॉज लाइक ओके आई क्रिएट इट आई क्रिएट द बुक दैट आई वॉन्ट टू रीड दैट्स लिटरली हाउ आई गॉट स्टार्टेड that's very delightful and so as a reader i'm a question i wanted to ask you is as i said you, you know alistair is one of the your first graphic novels that you got introduced to right you know in in this in this kind of genre what intrigued you to pick up the people of the indus i mean i i'll tell you because i i haven't read it but the way i got introduced to nikhil's book was there was this scroll dot in article where he got he gave permission to to scroll dot and to uh, you know show at least the first 20 25 pages yeah and it, it just i mean i knew okay i need to add this to my list and people who love to read they you know there's so many books and you are married to your your excel sheet list right so it's there but i already <laughs> had like 15 20 books before that so i'm, I'm not reached here my list this is constantly the... growing it's like <laughs> you know I, more stuff gets added than gets taken off so it's like exactly. 5x more gets added so yeah. it's yeah it's i totally get, understand the second reason that i i wanted to read is the hindu article that covered and it's not because of the article and it's a paid mm. article so i didn't read it okay no it's I, not it's not paid at least where i am i am not able to Oh, oh as in like it's behind a paywall. Yeah, 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 yeah. behind the paywall. Behind yeah, paywall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Behind the paywall. But you know what? What really I wanted to read is your photo with your book hmm. in in the Hindu article. Hmm. Whenever whenever any any author wants to show his or her book, they they show it like you know they they'll have the book here, the book, hmm. and, and that's how they have their Instagram photos, right? I don't know if you remember this, but you are hugging your book. <laughs> You that, yeah. and with, with I think and you were at the Penguin Publication Office. You were hugging your yeah. book. This is the guy who has put in his heart and soul, and he has he loves his book. <laughs> I am like I want to read this. I mean, so these are the two ways I got. I got. I said no. I want to read this. So Amir, framing the question again to you, what intrigued you to pick up the people of the Indus? So you know, I mean, look at this book, right? I mean, we talk about cross genre, breaking genres, breaking. You know all those now. It's not trying to do all that, but it clearly, I mean, just brought two huge genres together: graphic novels, right, and and very professionally written graphic novel, I must say, and history in collaboration with one of the top historians in that topic, in that you know, in that field. Together, I like both. And it, the minute it popped up, I was like, "Boss, this is something you got to, I got to pick up, right?" There's a there's a question about it. Um, of course, it's much easier. Like you talked about your reading list, I've got, I've got. you know i i churn my books off what i do is this bookshelf that you see which you know probably your listeners can't see um uh, i i don't add more bookshelves i you know i try and get give away books so that i keep adding to this so mm. so it is under simply because i buy far more like lot of books you know uh than than i can read but so graphic novels is of course a novelty because you read faster uh you know so you, you want to pick that up and this was right up there um i knew somebody in uh uh penguin who also told me good things about this book so i i was able to pick it up the only thing was you know for for a second i thought no because it was i don't know where i got it but it was positioned as a kids book children's mm. book it is not i mean it's of course you can give it to children but i i think it's it's for all age groups right like yeah even if you've got a slight idea of what in this valley was how fin- you know little bit 
of how phenomenal it was when you read it in history, right? You got to pick it up. You you'd absolutely love not just Nikhil's work that's there, but what he's yeah. done is he's put that in the background. He put himself in the background, but really put out the whole civilization and the genius behind it up front. Right. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, a follow-up question again. So you're kind of describing the book, but what were the key nuggets that you really loved about the people of the Indus? Could you could you tell us about that? So so I'll talk about in in different form. parts right like first the storytelling itself what nickels and very nicely is telling us about in the swali civilization just remember some of what we had read and adding more to that you know uh, from our school books but also bringing in very nicely very beautifully a personal tale of that time so it's it's not i'm not going to say you know we use non fiction so broadly it's not just that right it's not just that it's also a bit of life of our that times now a lot of history that we read is of kings and 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 you know monarchs and all of that right anirudh kani anirudh kani says lot of the dragon starts with this that you know i want to tell people's history you know but but nikhil does he's you know there is a little bit of fiction and nikhil can talk about that but but he's bringing two pieces together and that is beautifully done that's one second i love the aspects of of how he's you know that part of how we decipher their language we all know if you've read in this valley we all know that's that's yet to be cracked right and, and behind that lies so much treasure so much good nikhil taught us why is it so difficult right he teach, he he teaches us i'm using that word again teaches us why is it so difficult why how do people go about and i i it was a that was a joy right right that was a high of the book for me and last but the most important was that at a time when the sumerians were building whatever they were building the egyptians were building pyramids like you know e- ego structures ego power structures here are people of genius of 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 uh, you know as technologically advanced or probably more than all of them if not you know there uh who building public baths who building and, and nikhil again can talk more about it they didn't find nobody's found a monarch's house there it's fantastic right he's brought that up to life so well here um the fact that the fact that it was a mercantile society without weapons without warfare as as part of it really hooks me in and and that we while we knew it this book brings so much more to it like we're talking about one of the biggest what if questions of human society what if we live through this instead of you know kings killing each other people killing each other slaughtering technology could have advanced without military leading it right that for me is the biggest yeah thing. in fact in the indus valley it advances because there is no warfare happening And because the only way the only way to compete and the only way to get rich is actually if you are just either producing better stuff or you are finding newer and newer and newer people to convince them hey here's some stuff do you want this i'll take that in exchange you know you get into yeah. this relationship of exchange rather than force i'm going to tell you what to do and if you don't do it i'll beat you up so yeah. that yeah. yeah that was the genius of this society for sure and and how very societies lived by that right i i don't know of many others yeah so that has been the paradigm kind of or that has been the not paradigm the conventional wisdom about how societies uh were organized how sophisticated um highly populous societies were organized 
the model was that yeah you, the power kind of is centralized uh, because you need somebody to direct people and so they can all decide how to cooperate because if you have uh, hundreds of thousands of people working together there's no way everyone can talk to each other so you need some kind of a structure in order to figure out what we are all going to do together um and yeah the model was that you have a hierarchical system and that's how yeah. things get done but here we find from all the evidence we found so far that in most of these cities uh, it's a decentralized power structure so it's not that there's no hierarchy but the power centers maybe there are instead of one power center there's like seven or eight in each city and yeah. so each power center is competing with the others to kind of be in the ascendance that start to you know uh, corner some of the trade um and manufacturing and industry so that's their route to power if you can do if you can come up with better stuff and sell it better you become rich um and if you can convince people to work with you well you you can become rich and so you how are you going to convince people well if you want them to come and settle in your part of the city you offer them good facilities you offer them better houses you offer them better living conditions um you know and that's the way it seems like things are getting done and that's just and, absolutely fascinating and this this is, we we are talking about 2600 bce it's such intricate thinking in at like 5000 years ago yeah was still existing and it existed in in harappan indus valley civilization yeah yeah i, yeah, I mean we it's not uh, it's not a modern thing like people have been yeah. smart like for a very really long time since we have yeah. whatever become homo sapiens sapiens you know yeah uh, whatever 200 300000 years ago what's the whatever is the date right now that date itself keeps changing because new evidence keeps showing up uh but anyway since we have been modern humans we have been smart like people who have been hunter gatherers and sitting and staring at, up at the stars they were as smart as us and as sophisticated as us as us it's possible that certain systems or structures hadn't come about by then but uh, yeah these were people as smart as us who were trying to figure out solutions to problems that they were facing understood i i i know that we still don't have a rosetta stone to decipher the mm. language but mm. but you said that you you had, it took like you know 5 6 years for of humongous research collaborating mm. with dr k to come up with this book and i i, I do have a important question though mm. we know that harappa was not it, it was not violence driven or war focused or war driven civilization but how did they manage conflicts did something arrive or did, were you able to see something about it a day to day conflicts management how was it mm. so um we don't know exactly i mean that's part of the allure of the indus civilization that it's so mysterious and it the fact that it is doing very special things so you wonder even more how were you doing this i mean clearly there would have been conflicts there's no way there were no conflicts uh but it seems like the resolution mechanisms were completely different it's it seems to be more of a consensus based kind of a thing that let's come to a consensus come to a discussion and this is not unique actually this is not this is not special to the indus valley in fact i don't know if you have read uh, the dawn of everything this book which became kind of popular recently where they're making the case that you know native american societies for example 
they were completely debate and discussion based societies there was no idea of uh, the chief has said this so everyone must follow in fact the idea was that everyone is free to do whatever they want uh, but generally you would talk to each other you would try to get most people on board and people would then agree to either agree or disagree with whoever is the chief to do things and if somebody said listen even if all of you have decided to do this i don't want to do this then that's it that person is left alone so this these models are not unique um they've been there is just that you know last 300 years we have heard pretty much a very small subset of human stories which is very western centric very in fact even very british imperial colonial whatever centric so there's been only a certain kind of story that's been told about how people uh, get things done so it's not super unique but yeah we don't know the exact mechanisms we don't know like okay yeah, there was this council and then this is how they elected or nominated a representative to this council and this is how decisions were made they met every once every 3 weeks you know those kinds of details we don't really know but uh, we can sense it sort of in the archaeology right and yeah. amit i i have a question to you as a, as a reader compare reading the people of the indus with the 5 10 pages which we had would have had in our school books did you have any assumptions in your mind you know which if you remember you know what you read did you have any assumptions in your mind and maybe that book helped you you know clear those assumptions that oh no this is now how it was but actually this is how it would have been and maybe nikhil after amir answers maybe you can also chime in through your research anything that that interesting came out for to you as well uh, so yeah it's two things one confirmatory right the fact that they were built, i mean i i i recall those four five pages pretty vividly you know 90 degree roads and public bath and citadel and 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 washrooms with sloping very clearly demarcated rooms and apart like an apartment complex and whatever it's called that time all of that right nikhil confirm that very nicely put it in our heads how it's drawn and all that very nicely way the whole city is structured that's one but what what those books didn't do it and of course four five pages nobody's blaming them is is they they ended indus valley civilization very very abruptly right god over aryans came in and nobody's talking about what's happening there and all that right but but something that i read much later ibrahim irali's book um uh, gem the lotus uh mm. the first part is about indus valley civilization and nikhil also talks about it is the decline right like how it degraded how maintenance wasn't there i and i don't know if this is correct because ibrahim irali irali is of course dated so mm. he writes about how when people excavated they found nine layers of the same technology so, mm. so somewhere technology was called you know was brought to a halt maybe conscious nikhil also talks about it and he offers a very nice solution to to what is still being figured out how did they end where did they go about how cities um you know uh, dissolved into smaller dwellings and so on mm. um so yeah so these two things clearly for me uh, evoke back into the reading that i had done when i was in seventh sack yeah you know from my like reading yeah from my own reading or whatever i recalled from my school indus valley thing was very it wasn't five pages it was like one paragraph is all i remember i don't know um, maybe i like just forgot or something but like i remember very very brief something about the drains and literally that's it i mean if somebody had told me that this was a place 
where uh, you had you know uh, cities as big as 100000 there's uh, some estimates maybe it's like a little less but like 100000 people living in a city and there's five large cities and dozens of towns with like tens of thousands of people and all this and for 1000 years they're flourishing they have high quality stuff their quality of life is actually way better than in egypt like for the average person uh but they have no warfare they have no kings like that story that one liner is something that might have caught me and that i don't remember from my school books i was almost anything wasn't there for sure yeah so those kinds of things uh, i remember when i started doing the research i, I remember being very surprised but and the fact that these people are the main sailors of their time we don't see ancient india as a sailing society but apparently these guys are the ones building the biggest biggest ships biggest ships and sailing over open oceans so there's a point about did these guys use the monsoon winds cuz using the monsoon winds to sail over open ocean where you're in the middle of the ocean and there's literally no land around you you know that's a skill there's you need firstly ship building skill you need right. the ability to control the ship or whatever and make it go wherever you want it to go and thirdly you need navigational skills you need to be able to either figure out through the stars or whatever that is this the right direction i'm going in and then knowing that okay this is the general direction of the winds in two months is going to change so this is the time to go it's pretty sophisticated technology and right. uh, dr kenoyer is like uh, 100% they had figured it out because uh, where monsoon winds lead from gujarat uh, to oman uh literally if you were to set sail from gujarat using the monsoon winds at a certain time of the year you land in a spot in oman where we find like lots of indus valley stuff like we find their pottery their seals we know clearly they were going and traveling there and uh yeah so that the fact that these people are the main sailors of their time that also came as a surprise to me like we don't see indians as sailors until the cholas you know yeah. which is much much later um so that was another really cool thing super glad that you're bringing this in the book because i so if you hadn't brought it up you would have, so as a civilization you just think about the geographical area right where where that civilization where the people are staying you do not yeah. think about how harappans sailed all the way way to mesopotamia and came back and had a very lively trade with them that's how the yeah. society this civilization yeah. flourished so i'm i'm glad that you i mean it's basically it. it's like the whole society is being run by marwaris think of it like that they don't want to fight they just want to get rich yeah. if in fact if they instead of if fighting is just wasting resources yeah you know Yeah, okay you want to trade you make something nice now this is not good enough can you make something better ah okay now it's you now you're talking this is looking good chalo you give me some of this i'll give you some of this and look but what last time i traveled over here look what nice wine i i bought over there you want to buy some of this also oh you really want to source more of it chalo i'll i'll keep making a yearly trip and i'll keep buying it and i'll keep selling it to i mean they were really like aggressive like for example uh they like we know so little because it's only archaeology that we can go by right so we look at stones we look at like jewelry and if you look at jewelry these people there's this famous lapis lapis lazuli if you've heard of it it's the blue stone from afghanistan so a lot of ancient societies and kings and all these people they really loved that blue stone because it's a bright nice blue color um the problem with lapis lazuli is that over just use it a little bit and it starts to like if it's polished it starts to fade the polish will wear off easily 
ठीक है सो द इंडस पीपल हैड फाउंड अ डिफरेंट स्टोन कॉल्ड कार्नेलियन व्हिच इज रेड एंड इफ यू ट्रीट इट अंडर लाइक सर्टेन फायर व्हाटएवर हीट इट अप टू अ सर्टेन डिग्री इट इट बिकम्स इवन नाइसर इन कलर दैट थिंग इज अ वेरी हार्ड स्टोन वंस यू पॉलिश इट इट लिटरली द पॉलिश स्टेज टिल टुडे दोस स्टोन्स आर शाइनिंग एज इफ दे आर न्यू सो दीस पीपल डिडंट रियली केयर अबाउट लैपिस लिजुली दे एक्चुअली वांट दे प्रेफर्ड कार्नेलियन दे नेवर वोर ज्वेलरी मेड ऑफ लैपिस बट they figured out that in mesopotamia those people love this stuff so they literally settled a town in afghanistan uh and they just started buying from there that lapis lazuli makes its way all the way to gujarat from where it's being put on boats and being entirely taken to uh mesopotamia and everything is being sold over there so it's that level i mean it's yeah and so it's they were going at it with some kind of intent and <laughs> they loved having a good material life they, i mean you can see that very clearly they want nice things around them they want nice houses they want comfort they want nice jewelry they have taste so and they are using their brains to do that instead of um oh yeah we have to build a giant pyramid for this guy one guy who's going to be buried in it so how do 50000 of us you know i mean not to take away from the genius of actually designing and building a damn pyramid but at the end of the day it is 50000 slaves working for one guy you know so that kind of thing we don't find in the indus you find that the average person's house is actually pretty decent quality and nice and every single house in manjadaro has a toilet how about that every single house has a bath Wow, which we are struggling for today in India. Yeah, every single house. Not kidding. They had seven hundred wells. Everyone has access to fresh water. In Dholavira, they are obsessed with the whole city having good water. And Dholavira is in an arid region. It's in Kutch. It's actually on an island in the Run. So almost a third of the city is just a rainwater harvesting system. A third of the entire city. area wise is just a rain rainwater harvesting system is being channeled everyone has access to this water and they are very careful about never mixing clean water with dirty water so there are different drains that are draining it out and just taking it completely out of the city because they realize that okay if, if water gets contaminated you have disease and that that's the genius of it right like imagine like it's for the first time you have 50000 people living together and suddenly you realize hey listen when we are not keeping things clean everyone's getting sick so we have to get together and work on this thing that keeps the city this keeps keeps the entire thing clean we can't be that okay that palace area is clean but everything else is filthy because once there's a disease everyone will get it so and maybe because it was a tropical environment so there's more diseases as compared to let's say a cold place so they had to deal with it and maybe that's why they came up with these solutions rather than other solutions where uh, oh you have some money chalo i'll just beat you up and take all your money Nikhil Amir I'm having so much fun hmm. I'm having so much fun in this conversation but let let me ask you a very stupid question okay and I'll tell you where I'm coming from so um, I I as you know I'm I'm based in Germany so recently I I got a chance to visit Malta okay it's it's kind of a island region uh, here very uh, ancient very strong ancient historical place and in Malta there's a island called as Gozo which has got uh, uh 
the largest world's oldest neolithic man-made temple it's called gigantia it, the the way it is it, it is faced is it's kind of it was used for rituals in like 5000 6000 years ago and it the opening of these temples is towards the winter solstice and summer solstice when the day is the longest and when the night is the longest right so that's yeah. how the positioning of the stars and the sun right and i just imagined because i i went there on tuesday it was 2 after 2 pm in the afternoon and i imagine i i told my wife just imagine you know how would it feel 6000 years ago on a tuesday of course the tuesday as a concept didn't exist then but on this day at this time what would you be doing here does does it does it does that mm-hmm. kind of question get to you here yeah to me it, it totally does i remember yeah. as a kid i used to get lost in forts and uh-huh. you know i didn't read history i actually was not a big reader you know my stories have come from all angles like films and books and comics and even just people narrating stories or whatever so i didn't really read history but i would go to forts and just be like this place is 500 years old okay if i was right here in this spot 500 years ago what would have been going on around me is what i want to know <laughs> and when i started making comics uh, on history this I, if you read in the golconda one you'll find that this literally one page is the ruins as you see it today if you are standing in a certain spot you flip that and on the other side it's a recreation of that same spot is because the kid in me wants to know what if i was standing here so yeah and then now you take it back this is 500 years ago okay that we are talking some fort or whatever in purana purana kila or something in delhi theek okay? hai yeah now you just take that 10x further back 5000 years is a different ball game it's like a different universe almost so yeah, yeah i find that very fascinating and th- th- so you, you start of the book you 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 show like a, a um, i think copper smith family they are trying to enter uh, the harappa civilization i mean the city that, yeah the, the city yeah sorry the the so that let me let me to a question i mean and maybe just want to first ask amir this question hmm. amir imagine if we are we are there we are you know it's 2600 bc or and plus minus 100 years what profession would you have had if you were there and maybe nikhil after that i would also want to know about you because you're more research so first this is a curveball question to you amit what profession would you think would i have had if you were living there so i i think i would have been very successful because my current profession is about consumer trends and and analysis <laughs> and that, right and and all that nikhil spoke about <laughs> how consumerist that society is i think i wouldn't have done badly but yeah. somewhere there somewhere in strategy admin something like that cuz 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 they really got that thing going right like that whole thing was on uh, i think it has been a pretty good era to be back in compared to other places in history mm. fascinating nikhil what would be your answer you are the one who has researched on this topic uh, the most among in this group what mm. what would your answer be i'm definitely slightly more romantic <laughs> and i want to believe i probably would not have done very well in this society you know financially or something but uh, i might have been a mask maker i would have made masks because we find a lot of masks and uh, this there's like finger puppets also like this masks that you'll put on your hand or your fingers and they're probably storytelling devices so i'll i would stick to my comics making kind of role where it's basically yeah. a visual storyteller Yeah. <laughs> Super. So you know I, what I my what my role would be? What my role would uh. be? 
I am I I imagine myself to be the copper smith's son who enters the city okay somehow finds nikhil uh you know i'm i'm growing up i've grown up now i find nikhil that he is making masks i find amir that he is uh, you know a very successful businessman i would be the one to make this meeting happen yeah and take committed from both of you <laughs> yeah that sounds great that's yeah. the beauty of history to me it's literally like the same people like our desires our dreams our desire to not only survive but to thrive to have a family to have friends to have some kind of validation getting validation from society connecting with people those basic desires would have been the same you know even if the clothes we are wearing and the kinds of things we are talking about are a bit different the way we do things are different that's the beauty of history to me yeah. lovely lovely um, maybe maybe one of the closing questions to you amir first and then i'll go to nikhil you at the start you mentioned this is not a book just for children but you initially you thought that way you know it's it's a comic book but technically it is not who do you think who would you recommend this book to i mean who should be the that should actually pick up this book first sure I, I, before i answer that question i didn't think it's a comic it's, it's for children because it's a comic book i i started reading comic book after i was 30 right so graphic novel comic book whatever you call it the only reason i thought because it was marketed to me at instagram or, or amazon or wherever right uh, as as a kids book i'll tell you who should read it because i thought a lot about it anybody anybody who's got even a sense or a sense of an ink or an inclination of interest in history right you want to start off read history every i'm sure history after you crossed your school and all that is a topic everybody finds interesting i'm 100% sure about that right a lot of people do you want to read history and all that yet you found you found those bigger books taunting and and overwhelming read this start here right you you'll find all the right hooks to go out and look for more stuff yeah. you'll find you'll discover so much more that there is so many interesting pieces there are new writers coming up this is an age where uh, and, and nikhil you can correct me and, and or validate this we seeing so many people revisiting history in different ways whether it's manu pillai anirudh kanisetty whether it's rana safi there are lot of loads of them ira mukoti uh you know good bad ugly all all it's there but all of us all there's so much thing about revisiting history and this is one of the most unique ways so so start here look at this and and you will find that there is a joy right ahead and, and those are strong words thanks man <laughs> that's uh, you know it's really beautiful to hear because um, i've actually been struggling with this thing a little bit of is this a kids book or not because i didn't write it for kids i wrote it for myself as a you know person mid 30s whatever i wrote it basically for myself but i knew that this topic would be of interest to a wide audience in fact my oldest reader is 96 years old right now he read the first like two chapters when he was 93 and then he was like hey i'm 93 you better finish <laughs> cuz i want to read the whole thing and then it took me another couple of years to finish it and then he has read the whole thing i'm happy to say but anyway like and it's been a bit of a challenge to convince marketing departments to not put kiddy music behind the reels while they're talking about this book and to not constantly keep saying for the young ones for the it's for all ages just because i mean just because the comic doesn't mean it's for kids and in fact this one is 10 year old might not find it very interesting unless they are a reader like if they're 
avid readers then they might find it interesting but i would say the age group ideally would be like 14 15 16 plus and really the goal is people like us who have grown up with some thing ki ha kuch tha indus valley there was something like this but don't really know that much about it and are curious that oh graphic novel okay i'll read that i'm not going to read a textbook on the indus valley but okay this sounds interesting yeah okay i'll give it a shot so that it's nice to hear that you feel amir that that's the kind of audience and this is literally the kind of audience that i had in mind and and, and i agree with you it's not it's actually not for a 10 year old cuz even even somebody like me I'll, I'll say I'm a semi-voracious reader and all that. I went back a couple of times, right? There are concepts, historical mm. concepts, not about your writing per se, but there mm. are parts that you will have to reread to just mm. get that, like the deciphering of of stone, right? How it it it's like I'll go. It's like a mathematical algorithm. Start simple and suddenly mm. goes up on a curve, right? Mm. How do you do that? These are not concepts that are that that's for a ten-year-old for sure, right? Unless unless they're an exceptional reader. Yeah. Mm. I'm back here hearing la- away. <laughs> <laughs> Last question to you maybe then because uh, it's uh-huh. it's not it's not so I mean you have sold the people of the industry to us. I mean I I'm going to as I told you I'm I'm going to buy this book for my 10 year old niece because she has started taking the reading thing more seriously. So uh, this will be my gift to her on her birthday. But what 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 next for you? What what I mean yeah. would really love to know. You know, That's what I was uh, going to talk about. Yeah, I'm veering away from nonfiction history at for this for like at this point for now. I'm going to try. Uh, I'm working on some fiction, but I'm also experimenting with the the medium. So I'm actually trying to put comics on the screen instead of on paper, uh, just because I want to reach. a wider audience like right now i'm finding it very challenging to get my book to people you know in in the us or in in south america or something like it's just the costs are prohibitive like i cannot like for example you sitting in germany but for me to send it to that like the whole distribution chain is something that doesn't exist right now for that unless a publisher in germany picks it up blah 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 like there's a whole process so that i'm finding pretty challenging and i want to try at least with the next couple of stories that i'm working on which are slightly different um reaching to the customer more directly reaching my reader a little bit more directly and it's also financial consideration also because if you're publishing a book there's all these like there's literally three layers between you and the final reader so you know what comes down to me is pretty small like it's just small change so I I am I want to make comics full time and I am making them but I have to keep like doing freelance work. So there's that consideration. It's also experimental. So I'm working right now on uh Jim Corbett's stories. Um yeah, I used to live I was living in Kumaon for 3 years and I I grew up reading Corbett stories and those are the those were the villages where he was operating. So I was like, "Hey, this is like art has already been made for me and <laughs> the mountains are there." all i have to do is sit in the evening and paint it and the villages are there and the forests and the trees and the animals and like you know everything is already there the canvas is there and his stories are already there so i want to recreate them and i want to tell them in a thing but it's meant for the screen so that's now that we are on a screen can i put some crickets sound in the background you know 
can i put a drum when he encounters a tiger can there be a drum playing in the background can i give it some like ambient sounds if he's in it's daytime can we actually have some birds chirping so i'm starting to play with that and now that it's a screen can you actually tap on things i don't know so i'm playing around with that i i want it to be a reading experience uh, i don't want there to be too many distractions and animations and all this i don't want it to be a watching experience it will be a reading experience but it'll be on the screen so that's something i'm working on and there's a there's another story which is in the pipeline in the same format so that's an experiment let's see how that goes and then i'm going to get back to history at some point uh i'm not sure if i'm going to do the next one as a non fiction history i want to actually try telling history without any dates i mean imagine you're living in 800 ad in wherever uh, badami in karnataka you're not thinking that oh yeah we are in 800 ad your concept of time and eras and everything is just completely different you were not thinking that you know this you're not using gregorian calendars and like you said no we maybe they did not divide their weeks into seven days or something so i want to try doing history without recourse to this kind of looking back and sorting everything and analyzing and putting it oh this was bronze age and now it's the iron age i mean when they were living in that time they were not thinking we are in the bronze age and an iron age is coming or something so i want to try telling it from that perspective and from a more human centric what were people going about you know in their daily lives kind of a thing but anyway these are these are the projects in the pipeline phenomenal yeah. this has been one of the most entertaining episodes you know that that uh, on the book talkies hands down and i think it happens quite rarely that a book that is written it also tingles it not only tingles your curiosity but also adds to your knowledge repository you know mm-hmm. I, i think the people of the indus is one such book and to an earnest request to all our listeners to please pick up this book the book of the indus written by nikhil gulati and just be delighted we will share all the links um, to from where to download this book in the, in the description so please do check it out and um, nikhil amir thank you a big big thank you for spending your weekend evening on this podcast on this episode so i i hope you had fun the as much as i had for thank for you kostar yeah thanks amir uh, for connecting us and thanks for uh, yeah reaching out and saying such nice things about the book like it's literally what keeps us going um creating a book you're kind of in a black box you don't know how people will take it so it's really nice to be here and talk to you guys yeah and thank you for having me this was amazing thanks nikhil thank you kostar yeah. for, for just setting up the platform it's great yeah thank you This brings us to the end of this episode of the Book Talkies. Thanks for listening in. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to our podcast and help us spread the word. We would truly appreciate any feedback that you may have. So please use the link in the description to leave your comments. Thanks again. See you in the next episode. Till then, happy reading.